Today is a special day. We're starting a new series. And our series is called The Simple Topic, the simple title of worship. In this series, we want to explore what it means to truly worship. We want to see how we sometimes get it wrong and how we can worship in a more effective way. But before we get into today's specific topic, I wanted to share a little story with you. Years ago, I was studying at the University of Pretoria. Now, if you know rugby and you know South Africa, you know that probably, I'm guessing, the craziest fans out there are Blue Bulls fans. Now, guys, in Pretoria, I remember whenever the Blue Bulls would be playing, people, and I, we literally, we would drive to the shops and see like three buckies, three pickups with a life-size bull on the back of this bucky. Like life-size, fake bull on the back. People had like horns on the cars. They had hats on with horns. We saw people painted completely blue. People were flying flags off the blue bulls in front of the houses. Seriously, people don't even fly the South African flag, right? But people are just crazy. And when you go to a rugby match with, with blue bull supporters there, and you might be sitting between them and you jump up when someone else is winning, like you will get these death stares. Like if you jump up one more time, you're going to die. And as I've watched these guys over the years and people who are fans of sport, I realized that every single person on planet Earth is a worshiper. We are worshipers by nature. And I want to tell you today, whether you consider yourself a worshiping kind of person or not, you and I cannot help but worship. It is built into us. It's part of our DNA. Worship is not a Christian thing. So I know when you hear this topic, especially if you might not be a Christian, like what does this have to do with me? Worship is not a Christian thing. Worship is not even a religious thing. In fact, I think often some of the purest forms of worship are found outside of the walls in the church. It's found often within the walls of a stadium where people are, are, um, are, are, are worshipping, hands in the air, shouting like crazy, standing in awe, pledging their allegiance to a sports team or a rock star or whatever it might be. You see people worshipping when, when they see a famous movie star passing. In fact, when I've been watching as, as the US election have progressed, I have seen so many people that's worshipping polit political leaders without even realizing it. I think sometimes the purest forms of worship are found outside of the walls of the church. And it's just a fact. Every person on earth does it. Why? Because I believe that we were created by God to worship. And that is our first topic today. First topic in the series worship is called created to worship. Guys, now worship, if I have to give a simple summary to what it means to worship. Um, I read years ago a little book by Louis Giglio and he just hit it on the head with, with a definition. He said, worship is your response to what you value most. I'm going to say that again. Worship is your response to what you value most. Now, you and I, most people, we don't always actively out loud um, tell people what our idols in life is. But we all have idols. 
If you follow the trail in your life, at the end of that trail, you will find a little altar on which you're willing to sacrifice certain things because you're sacrificing them to something that's sitting on a throne in your life. The thing that's first in your life, that you put first in your life, that might be a relationship. It might be a dream that you've had your whole life. Um, It might be your work. It might be a friendship. It might be status. It might be stuff, a car, uh, a new cell phone. It, It could be money. There's so many things that could be idols in our life that could be sitting on the throne of our lives. And we don't always want to acknowledge it. But if you follow the trail in your life, the trail of your time, the trail of your affection, the trail of your energy, the trail of your money and loyalty, you will find a throne at the end of that trail. And whatever is sitting on the throne, that is where your allegiance actually lies. That is the thing that is first in your life. And that trail never lies. Okay, we can say that we don't worship these things. We can say that, that all of these things in life, our work, our money, our clothing, our bodies, aren't our idols. But the things that we spend all our time and our affection and energy and money and loyalty on, those are the things that we value most. And Louis Giglio says that worship is our response to what we value most. I think often... Other people, family members, friends, might be best to actually point out the trails in our life because we don't always want to acknowledge it. But we all worship something. And I've had this conversation with so many people who's told me over the years that um, they don't believe in God and they will be like, they don't worship anything. And time and time again, I've been able to point out to them that we all worship something. Just follow the trail. The trail doesn't lie. But here's the question that I want to start off with today. And this is linking to our topic. Why do we have this need inside of us to worship? Why do we crave to worship something? Why do we have this hunger to worship? And we are going to read a beautiful story today out of the book of Acts. Acts is a book that tells us the history of the early church. And in Acts 17, Paul goes to the beautiful city of Athens. Athens was the capital, um, the largest city of Greece. It has a recorded history of over 3,400 years. So there's so much history of people and how people and what people worship. The name Athens actually comes from Athena, the patron Greek mythological goddess of Athens. They named the city after her. And Paul, in this story, if you go and read the larger part of chapter 17, he's walking through the streets of Athens and he sees all these idols. He sees all these temples. He sees people worshiping. And then he starts telling them about Jesus. And they kind of take him captive and then takes him to the Areopagus. That was a little hill that overlooked the city where the elders and people of the city would get together. It was kind of like a court or a senate where they would make judgment on things like religious matters. So Paul goes to them and now he has to make his case about why he's proclaiming this God. He has to make his case um, to these people, to this court. And I'm going to read to you Acts 17 from verse 22 to 28. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, 
to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he need anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Paul walks around in the city and what he's telling them is that I cannot find a lack of worship. You guys were created to worship. You are all worshiping. There is a trail in your life. There is a craving you're worshiping. But I also saw this, Paul says, and that is I see uncertainty. I see that you've got this uncertainty. You, you build an altar to an unknown God because they were wondering if there's something more out there, something more than these idols they've built themselves. Deep inside of them, they had a feeling that there was something more. And I think just like the Athenians, we in the 21st century are still searching and we are still building altars to everything under the sun. Listen, they say that millennials, and if you're like, am I a millennial or not? That is people born um, from about the 80s to about 1996. Millennials are the most spiritual generation ever, but they're one of the least religious generations ever. So like millennials are saying, there's something out there. I have to build this altar to an unknown God. There's something. My soul is craving to worship something. I just don't know what it is. So what have millennials done? They have been some of the most successful people to build altars to fit the consumer driven culture. We've built altars from us on our cell phones, social media platforms, movies, movie stars, all kinds of influencers. We've, we've given all these names to things and people that we've put on altars, people that we try to give our worship to because we know that something more is out there. People are feeling the emptiness. They're looking for more. And I think deep inside of all of us, somehow we know that the answer lies with God. Where in previous years, previous generations, people try to disprove God. This generation has accepted the fact that there is something more out there. They just don't want to give it a name. But somehow we know the answer lies with God. And the question is, why do people believe that the answer lies with something supernatural, something outside of our realm? And Paul actually writes about this in the book of Colossians, another church that he writes to. And in Colossians 1 verse 15 to 16, this is what he writes them. I want you to listen carefully. Okay, He says, the Son, that is Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all of creation, for in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him, and all things have been created for him. So what Paul is saying is that we were created by God for God. We were created by God for a specific purpose to worship him. And Paul actually said this in Acts as well. 
um, to the people in Athens, Athens in Acts 17 verse 26. He told them that God created all of us out of one man. And then he actually says that we were created to seek him and find him. So God created us for him, for this purpose of worshipping him, of finding him. You see, because God created us this way, we've got this internal magnet deep inside of our souls, deep within us. We've got this magnet that keeps pulling us towards our maker, that keeps pulling us towards our creator. In fact, 400 400 years after Christ, Augustine, one of the church fathers, he made this concept famous. And I actually talked about this a while ago in our relationship series. But Augustine wrote this. He says, Thou has made us for thyself, O Lord. Exactly what Paul said, right? But then he says this. And our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. You see, Augustine was basically saying, You were created with a searching soul. You cannot help it. You've got a magnet deep inside of you pulling you towards God. Paul said that in verse 27. He said that God made us to seek Him so that we would find Him. I want to tell you today the reason why we have this craving deep inside of us to worship, to give all of our affection to something that we really value is because God created us to worship Him. And we will remain empty and we will remain searching until the day that we find Him. Until the day that we find Jesus Christ and that all of our affection can go to Him. Until the day that He becomes the one we value most. You will always worship. I will always worship. That's not the question. Whether you're an atheist, whether you are um, you're following some other God, whether you just believe there's something out there and you're not sure exactly what, whether you are a Christian, we all worship. The question is not whether we will worship or not. The question is, where will I direct my worship? Where is my worship going? And you can choose to not give your worship to God. You can choose to give your worship to technology. You can choose to give your worship to your body. You can choose to give your worship to your work or to to your friendships or to a movie star or to a sports team. But you will worship. And when you choose to not give your worship to God, what you are doing is you are exchanging the creator for the created. Listen, this created, that's an inferior thing to worship. Why will I worship thing created by the creator? He's the superior one to worship. And I know what you might be thinking is like, Louis, but how on earth do I worship? How do I find if Paul says I was created to see God so that I could find him? How do I know? How do I find an invisible God? And he makes it simple in Colossians 1 verse 15. He says that is God knew we're going to struggle to find him. God knew that we're going to struggle and we'll try to worship all kinds of things and we will remain empty. So he made it simple for us. He sent Jesus. He says in 1 Colossians 1 verse 15, he says that Jesus is the image of God. You see, God wants you to know him. God isn't hiding. God didn't withdraw to heaven. God isn't unknowable. God is not this mysterious force you know, that, that controls all kinds of weird things, like in the movies, in Star Wars. God isn't a philosophical construct or this energy in the universe. Jesus walked in plain sight so that everyone who seeks him could find him. God wants us to know him. He created us to know Him. 
And he wants you to know not only who he is, but he wants you to know who you are as well. You are the object of his affection. That's why he sent Jesus, because he loves us so much. The Bible says we were created in his image. We carry something of God inside our DNA. We were made by him. We were made for him. And God wants you to know that this unknown God that the Athenians were looking for, he has a name and he has a desire for worship, for us to worship him. And that desire to worship God that's deep inside your soul, he created it inside of us so that we could give our worship to him. You see, the Athenians were right all along. There was another God, another God to all of these altars and all these temples and all the things they worshipped, even their own knowledge that they worshipped so much. There was something more superior. There was something with more value. There was another God greater than all of it. And his name was Jesus. And their searching would only stop, Paul says, if they were willing to find him. That is where their lives would become complete. He says, in him you will live and move and be. So without Jesus, you will not live and move and be. Without him, living and moving and being will be without purpose. It will be without direction. It will never make complete sense. You will always feel like you're heading somewhere without purpose, without direction. Because in him we find life. In him we find moving. In him we find being. So what about you today? Are you still searching? Are you still wrestling with, with all the big questions, trying to figure out if Jesus is even worth it? Are you still trying to find the ultimate truth that our world tells us there is no ultimate truth, it is your own truth? But deep inside of you, you know that there must be truth. The Bible says Jesus is the truth. If you're still searching, you're not alone. Thousands of years ago, the Athenians were searching. Paul himself was searching. We all search. And this is a journey that God invites us on to search for Him and to get to know Him. So what can you do to find Jesus? What can you do to put Him back on the throne of your life, to give Him the most value? You need to aim in the right direction. When we give more of our attention to God, our affection for Him will start to grow. So imagine this, if worship are arrows that you're shooting, shooting this one at a sport team, shooting this one at a musician, shooting this one at your body, shooting this one at whatever you find important. If worship are arrows and you want to hit the right target, so you want to hit the target of Jesus Christ because you know that's where our worship should go, we were created to worship Him, then you need to know where that target is at. So instead of just shooting arrows blindly, we need to focus our attention on God. And as our attention is focused on Him, our affection for Him, our love for Him, our relationship with Him will start growing as well. Bruce Liefblad said this, he said, Worship is centering your mind's attention and your heart's affection on God. So we actively choose 
to say, I'm going to focus my mind on God and I'm going to focus my heart. I'm going to give my heart to God as well. We all worship, but not everything you worship is worth your affection. You are a worshiper. It's what you do no matter what. And something in this world will captivate your heart and your mind. It will drive your life. It will aim your steps. It will determine your future and your destiny. Something will do that. But everything is not worth your affection. Everything is not worth all of that. So why don't you make a choice to spend your worship on what matters most? I want to. Why don't you make that choice? Deciding to aim your worship arrows in the right direction could be the best choice you've ever made. If you make the decision today to aim your worship arrows in the direction of Jesus, it could change everything. Suddenly, you could, all the questions you had will start to go away. The chase of something more. The issue of never having enough. The emptiness that you're feeling. Feeling like you're without purpose, going through his life without purpose and meaning. That could go away because in Jesus, Paul said in verse 28, we live and we move and we have our being. We find purpose. We find salvation. We find everything we could be looking for. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to aim all of my attention And all of my heart's affection, I want to aim my worship at you because you are worthy of all of my worship. I thank you that in you we can find life. In you we can find purpose. In you we can find being who we are. In you everything starts to make sense. Because we were created for you. I pray for everyone listening to this today, God. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in their lives. That that seeking they are experiencing, the emptiness they are experiencing. That altars that they've built to unknown gods, that you would direct their attention to you. There's no excuse. You want us to know you. You have showed us who you are through Jesus Christ. And I pray that we would not only seek you, but that we would find you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're watching this today and you're like, Louis, what's my next step? The Bible says it so clearly. It says when you believe that Jesus is Lord and you declare it with your mouth. So when your heart's affection, your love, your belief for Jesus is pointed in his direction and your mind, your attention is focused in his direction so you can declare it. So once you believe in your heart and you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you have been saved. Then you have the right to be called the child of God. This is not rocket science. God wants to be known. God wants to live in a relationship with you. It's a simple step. And if you don't know how to do it, we would love to help you and guide you. So why don't you let us know. You can let us know on the comment line right now if you want to follow Jesus and you've been struggling with that. Um, you can send us an email, infoprodea.org.za. Um, you can leave us a message on Facebook Messenger. We will be in connection with you. 
We will journey with you. Jesus wants to be known and it's easier when you've got friends around you. He helps you along on the journey. So if you want to make that decision today, send us an email. You can even complete a connection card, prodata.org.za slash connect. And on it, you can just mark the blog. I've given my life to Jesus. That means we will be specifically in connection with you about this topic. And then we can talk about it a little more. Thank you for watching today.